Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into DNVR Buffs Live. We are presented by the American Raptors. Head on over to AmericanRaptors.com. Grab your free ticket for one of their rugby matches or stream all the games on their site. Again, that is AmericanRaptors.com. My name is Jake Schwanitz. I'm joined by my friend Ryan Konigsberg. How you doing, Ryan? Amazing. Yeah. Buffs won this week. Uh, we just had Terrell Davis on the Broncos show. Uh, Thursday Night Football getting started here in a few minutes. Yes, sir. I don't, I don't think I could be better. Sports Equinox, too. Yes, a, a classic Sports Equinox. Uh, the once in, what is it? What did you say it was I 30 years? I think it's three years? times in 30 years, so we'll average it out once every 10 years. Love to have that. The only thing is, I just don't really care about baseball when the Rockies suck, so the Sports Equinox isn't as meaningful to me. Makes sense. I mean, I'm along the same lines, too. I'm, I can much rather get more hype for an nhl season starting or an nba yes. season starting than some baseball playoffs sorry baseball fans tons to talk about today man uh, a lot has happened since that win on saturday over cal the most notable thing i think um brendan lewis decided to transfer out of the program on tuesday we kind of talked about it it seemed like he was maybe sticking in there but he decided to leave just your thoughts right move uh for brendan and and that's really what it comes down to like um i it's always a bummer when you lose guys especially because now you know it, it always happens this way right? right now owens banged up jt's starting and it'd be nice to have someone with some experience behind jt now do we know if owen will be available at all i do not know about that yet yeah i assume probably not i mean maybe in like emergency situations yes. i think so sanford told us on mm, tuesday that Owen was going to be a game time decision, and then it came comes out today that it's going to be JT. So I'm assuming Owen's. I mean, he's was at practice. He's been dressing. But yeah. Okay. Well, so maybe he is available. But the thing is, you lost depth, and all of a sudden, right now is when you need depth. Uh, it's just kind of always how it works. But for Brendan, uh, you know, I said this in our text thread. Like, I hope he 
transfers to you know somewhere closer to home maybe it's north texas or something like that uh and tears it up there i think it was going to be a hard path for him to go back to being the starting quarterback at colorado it's one of the things that is very odd about college football in this day and age like you used to just be able to have depth and right. depth is kind of a thing of the past now unless you're one of those powerhouse schools where everyone wants to transfer to in the offseason um once a, as soon as a player sees okay, well, what is my path back? You know, true freshman's playing over me. When he got hurt, the other guy went in. I got I got to go somewhere else. So I, I sympathize with Brendan, and I'm bummed it didn't work out for him because I was really excited about him coming out of high school. Yeah, I mean, the dual threat quarterback, he was, I think, number 17 in the nation um, in the 2020 recruiting class. Just never really put it together, though, man. And this is a team, too, that was really yearning for that offensive spark the last couple of years and just couldn't get to – couldn't get it from Brendan. We all wish him the best as he moves on. The other headlines, or other headline, I should say, that we should want to talk about is Rick George today. He didn't say anything, but it's been like a Twitter conversation that has been making waves. He apparently, according to Philip Marshall, who posted this on the Auburn Undercover message boards, that's 24-7 sports. Is Philip Marshall like the person who runs that board or just a random fan? Um, no, he's like, he, okay. he works for that board. Okay. Okay. Um, he posted that George is among those who have been interviewed and is a candidate for Auburn's AD job. Your thoughts on that? Um, interesting. If true, uh, I, I, I don't know. Here's what's funny about this is I think, uh, a lot of CU fans as recently as like last week wanted Rick George to be fired. Right. It's kind of one of those things where like. Uh, as soon as someone else shows interest, maybe you get a little, you, mm, what's the word backtrack or start to realize what you have and that you don't want to lose it. Right. What I'll say about Rick George is, you know, his time at Colorado has not been perfect and it would be difficult to be perfect. Um, I said it before the coaching search before even Darrell was fired. I'm not entirely against Rick George being the person who leads this next search or makes this next decision because he's one for two in hiring coaches and the one that he got wrong, he was in a really, really bad position. Yep. So I don't feel like it's as bad as everyone thinks it is. He did, he did two big mistakes. He didn't make the buyout on Mel Tucker's contract big enough. He made the buyout on Carl Durrell's contract too big as a reaction to that, even though Carl Durrell wasn't, you know, one of the top choices for the job. So with that being said, what Rick George has in spades is connections. And in this current landscape where everyone is trying to go somewhere else, uh, and I have a feeling that Pac-12 teams are going to be swimming for their lives here very soon, Rick George is the guy that I would like. Now, of course, you could improve. You could get someone who's more connected, more. but what I'm afraid of is going backwards in that regard and having someone who's not as tied in not as respected uh you know this is a guy who's on the college football playoff uh committee like this is you you kind of want rick to be the person making those phone calls to the big 10 or the big 12 uh and so i might be in the minority i hope he doesn't take the auburn job i think there's a lot of people who probably would say wow that would be bailing see you out of having to fire him and then they get a fresh clean start uh in their ad search I also don't love the idea of having to hire an AD in the middle of a coaching search. Yes. So those are my takes. So something that I've kind of thought of, I mean, as you mentioned, a lot of fans have been anti-Rick George. Um, 
I think that's something that a lot of people could see pretty apparently. Is it a bad sign if Rick George wants to leave? Maybe things in terms of like the transfer requirements and stuff that the university itself has to figure out that Rick George can't really change. Is that a bad sign if maybe Rick George is trying to leave right now? I think it's a, a fair point. I wouldn't uh, describe it as trying to leave, though. Um, if an SEC school calls you... Evaluating his options, I guess. Yes, but uh, either way, like I don't have to be evaluating my options. Like I'm not trying to leave DNVR, but if ESPN calls me, I'm taking the call. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I probably still wouldn't leave, to be honest. But you're smart to take the call. If Auburn calls you, you don't you know, ignore the call and then not return their call if they say, hey, we want to talk to you about our AD opening. So even if he had interviewed, it's kind of, it would be kind of something you have to do. That being said, I actually don't know if Rick would leave. I think that he's within striking distance of his retirement mm-hmm. and his whole family lives here. He's got his granddaughters here. Yeah. Uh, it would be an odd move, in my opinion, to jump at this point. The counter argument to that, though, could be make a ton of money for five years at Auburn and then retire. So the other counterpoint, I've been trying to Google it the last two minutes. The USC athletic director, the guy that was the AD before, Rick George. I mean, he went to Cincinnati. They go on, they hire Luke Fickle, kind of become a national powerhouse for a little bit there. USC just got Lincoln Riley pulled away from OU. Is this concerning that maybe it's the school more so than... Kind of as I mentioned, is it not an athletic director thing? Is it a school thing? Well, and I think that's something that Colorado fans over the years have been acutely aware of is for maybe the first 10 years of the Buffs' struggles, you could say, okay, well, they screwed up hiring Hawkins, and then they screwed up hiring John Embry after that. Um, And, you know, you start to point and you just say, oh, they're getting the hires wrong. And then you start to ask yourself, well, why hasn't Colorado had a good quarterback in over 20 years? Um, and like the, the problems start to compile. And then, you know, as you get into now two decades with a couple blips in there, but it really two decades of poor, poor football, fans have had no choice but to address and come to terms with the fact that the, the problems are bigger than the AD or the coach um, or really even the chancellor. Uh, and so, uh, yes, to answer your question, it is concerning. And I think it's, it's not even concerning. It's clear that it is not necessarily just a button pressing issue. It's not just whoever's right. pressing the buttons is pressing the wrong ones. I think it's that the board that has the buttons on it is it, kind of screwed up. Right. And that is something that we have to get addressed. And I, I know, uh, from people I've, I've been talking to that, this is it's being worked on mm-hmm. you know some of the things that make it difficult for Colorado to succeed could a great coach come in here and turn things around I really do believe so but that's a great coach it's like drafting a great quarterback in the NFL like you know the Bills can be the Bills for all these years and then you draft Josh Allen and yeah you look pretty damn good problem is hanging on to that coach when you get him but also just getting them in the first place right. teams are drafting quarterbacks and striking out every time same thing with coaches teams are thinking they have the right coach and, and getting it wrong all the time. It's an ever-changing situation for the Buffs. I mean, the events that are going to happen over the next two, three months are going to be pretty wild. So just hold on and hope that it all turns out for the best. Um, the Buffs are 23.5-point dogs going into this Oregon State game. We'll talk about that a bit later, but I bring that up to shout out our friends at DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Uh, new customers can make 
any $5 NBA money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. There's also the stepped up same game parlays. They have the uh, the Equinox uh, same game par or mm-hmm. uh, single game parlay stuff going on today too. I mean, everything's happening. There's college football, NBA, NHL, um, and of course, baseball playoffs. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DMVR. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook. With promo code DMVR, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, we've talked a lot about the change in energy of buffs of the buffs last week. And, you know, maybe that's because they started taking Athletic Greens every day after oh. Durrell was fired. Um, athletic Greens. Mike Sanford looks like a guy who takes his Athletic Greens. 100% he does. You know he wakes up at the crack of dawn and is yes. excited about that scoop of Athletic Greens. Probably before even the crack of dawn. Yes. He <laughs> he is a... I'm willing to bet he's like a 3.30 alarm clock. Yes. Pitch black out. 100%. Athletic Greens has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the cold and flu, se- flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash buffs. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash buffs to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Let's talk about this game this weekend then. All um, right. We already kind of talked about it. JT is going to be the quarterback this week. Um, Owen is, he was a game time decision. It comes down today that JT is going to be the starting quarterback. Coach Sanford on I believe it was Tuesday, said that he was confident in both guys. He thinks that they can win with both guys. Do you have the same confidence level with JT that you would have had with Owen? Wow. Uh, You asked me this before whatever the third quarter. Was the fourth quarter when he came in? When did he come in last game? Uh, I rewatched this. In the Cal game? Yeah. Into the third quarter. Okay. If you asked me that before that moment, I would have said I have negative confidence (laughs) in JT Shroud. Sorry, JT. Um but man, was I so impressed with the job he did in that game. And obviously, you know, there's the throw to Montana and a couple other things that you point to. Oh, there was that third down conversion. I forget who caught it, but he just threw a missile in between the linebacker down and the, the safety. Yep. It was Montana also. On yes. What a throw that was. Um, those are the things that stand out. It's not what impressed me the most about JT Shroud. The, the leadership that he exemplified from the second that he got the call was just the stuff of legends, honestly. Like when I remember that Cal win, which I will remember, sadly, uh, for a long time, <laughs> probably shouldn't be as memorable as it will end up being, but it was a big day, man. It was a big win. And I will think about JT Shroud's leadership. Um, how about, you know, the scary moment with Dion Smith and everyone's shaken. Of course, the whole stadium's shaken. the whole, all the team, they're worried about their friend, JT huddles everyone up, gives them a little speech, uh, you know, tries to get everyone's head back in the right place, which I just have to imagine is such a difficult position to be in. Um, He's going up and down the field, firing the guys up. After they score in overtime, he's going up to Robert Barnes and he's going to the defense. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy, like he's doing everything. It reminded me of Mike Sanford, honestly, who was also doing everything right in this game. Like both guys saw their opportunity and absolutely aced the test so um you know i've been really hard on jt this year and 
I was really, really proud of him in the way that he carried himself in that game. So now I'm significantly more confident in him. And I think the team, which is the most important thing, kind of believes in JT. Like they were loving Owen, of course, but I think they're, they're going to remember the way that, that he led them in that game. Well said, 100%. I think the thing with JT that also needs to be considered is his first start was that Air Force game on the road in mess. the wet. It's just an absolute mess. I mean, think about it. If you're going into your first start with a new team, you know, you're in, you're in the mindset. You're probably getting pretty hyped, right? Yep. But even if you're not getting ready for a game day, say it's a, a, a gloomy day outside, kind of rainy, and you have to work outside, not even play a football game, yeah. just work outside. Your sucks. day just sucks a bit more. Yes. And so maybe that's just something that we should factor in because it was a really good, tough team. Good throws that were dropped. Yes, tons of drops, tons of drops. So I went through his game log. If you take out that Air Force game, <laughs> JT Shroud's stat line, it's not very impressive, but it's 25 of 46, 250 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. That's, that's respectable. Yes. Um, there are, there's also two fumbles. Yes. Uh, at least. And that, that has to be counted. In. And that's the one thing that worries me is Oregon State is so big in the trenches. Yeah. So big that I, I, you need a little bit of, of pocket presence from JT, which I think has been lacking. Uh, when I say pocket presence, I, I guess I kind of mean more awareness when he's in there of what's going on around him. Um, but again, Mike Sanford feels a lot more – last week felt a lot more – I don't. I need a better word for this, but I keep like I keep using this for the Eagles' offense. I'm like the Eagles' offense is just logical, right? Like they just do what seems like is obvious. Savvy. They should do. Yeah, there you go. Um, I felt like the play calling was a lot more aware from Mike Sanford mm. on uh, on Saturday. It's like, okay, JT's in here now. What do we do? We're gonna try and use his arm strength to get the ball out to these bubbles a little quicker. Now JT needs to be a little more accurate on those throws, but when he was accurate, they were able to get some yards there third down okay what can we do well he can make this throw in the seam that owen probably can't let's see if he you know let's mm -hmm. let's give him an opportunity here um going vertical to on third down in overtime just felt like they knew what his limitations were what he's good at and tried to capitalize on it it's a little harder to do it over the course of a whole game right. but i really i feel confident in mike sanford actually to understand i can't have jt standing back here um, without max protect or anything because he doesn't feel it all that well. Let's right. get the ball out of his hands quickly. Try to use, you know, you can still go vertical quickly. For sure. Great points. I want to ask this because we've talked about it before. Is Owen's red shirt playing a factor in this at all? Hmm. I asked, so on Sunday night, Coach Sanford had a Zoom press conference. I asked him if Owen McCown was his quarterback going forward and if he was considering or having conversations about red shirting him. Didn't even he didn't mention the red shirt. I don't know if he just glossed over that or didn't want to talk about it. But um, it's for, still four games after this Oregon State game if Owen doesn't play. So I think there is maybe is the answer, uh, and I think that this is how it would work. JT, he's uh, not fully, but a little bit the hero. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say Trevor Woods is the hero. Yeah, but um, he's a part of that win, right? And so you, there's momentum there for him. Owen's banged up. We don't know how banged up, but you say, okay, you tell Owen, hey, we're going to let you get healthy. We're going to start JT this week. You have this in the back of your mind that if JT gets hot, then you have the luxury of telling Owen, 
hey, we're gonna we're gonna keep your red shirt for this year. We loved what you did. We want to keep you. You know, we want to keep your eligibility as long as we can. Um, and you roll with JT for the rest of the season. What I just would worry about is I you got to make sure Owen's cool with that. Yeah. Because you cannot afford for him to transfer out this off season. Right. Um. So if Owen says like, no, I don't want to do that. Well, then you got to get him back out there. The the good news I think with that though is Samford has been. This is an audition for him, of course, and he's treating it like so in terms not only of just of this year's team and game plan and stuff, but in recruiting. They've been hitting the road a lot, um, and Sanford's been t- making calls to guys and just trying to keep everyone invested in this thing. Yep. So I think that he would have had these conversations with McCown, uh, his dad, um, to and, potentially talk about this. And that's what I would actually say, which is kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you do redshirt him, that helps him as a transfer. Yes. Um, it makes him more attractive as a transfer. So I, sur- I assume he would probably be open to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of doubt that Josh McCown is telling Owen or thinking about Owen going pro early, where he would be saying, like, I don't care about his eligibility. You know, he's trying right. to turn pro early. Like, just from a body type standpoint, if we're just being honest, like, oh, yeah. he doesn't look like a guy who's going to the NFL early. Right. Um, so it seems like something that everyone would be on board with. Um, as, as, from the Buffs perspective, I hope that Owen isn't thinking, well, yeah, I'll keep my extra year of eligibility for the next team that I play for. Right. But it's the world that we live in. So it all depends on JT performing this week. Uh, he doesn't have to be perfect. He doesn't have to mm-hmm. win the game. He has to look competent, which is something we did not see from the quarterback position until uh, Owen played. That was the next question. Do you think JT can actually win the job this weekend? I mean, it's a really, really tough Oregon State defense that he's going up against. These guys are long on the outside. They've got pass rush. They're tough against the run game. It's going to be one of the toughest tests for the Buffs so far. I'll say this. If they win the game, they're not going to bench him. Yeah. So the answer would be yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it's like winning the job or what. I think it's more of like you get the benefit of being the hot hand. And again, internally the buffs can say okay well we can still uh hold on to that red shirt and i think everyone would be on board with that but what a what a bore uh for him like you know and it's in corvallis you might get the damn rain again they've been preparing for it god that would suck i would feel terrible for him and i've seen it one too many times you go up to corvallis or you go up to pullman and the weather's just shit, and right. everything that you thought was going to happen in the game is out the window. The other team knows how to deal with it so much more than you do. And, you know, if Oregon State comes into this game and just says, okay, well, we're just going to run the rock a bunch, we're in trouble. Yeah. Well, perfect transition. Uh, let's go to the other side of the ball. Really quick. Go Speaking of running the ball a bunch, Bill Musgrave, what <laughs> the hell was that game plan? That was – I don't know why they threw the ball so much, especially in the first half. It was I ridiculous. I kept thinking, like, are they just almost playing with their food a little bit here? Like, oh, we're playing Colorado. Let's try and get the, the quarterback warmed up a little bit here. And I just kept thinking, like, okay, here's the, here's the drive where they're just going to start running the rock. I wonder if it was just thinking too hard and, like, just, just overclocking, like, game theory in your head. Like, they know they're bad at running the ball. We know they're bad at running the ball. They've probably practiced at going against the run these last two weeks, like, Maybe that was in play. Your quarterback sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This was probably something that you should realize when you're having those thoughts. And your running back's pretty darn good. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Bill Musgrave. Uh, One last gift to Colorado. That interception was really bad uh, to start off that first series for them. On the other side, though, 
Oregon State's had some trouble with the quarterback position themselves. Uh, Chance Nolan started the year, wasn't very good, threw too many interceptions. Ben Gobranson is now the guy. He's been shaky he at sucks. best. Yeah, I mean, you said it. <laughs> um, can CU keep up this defensive level of play, and would it be enough to win? Given, I mean, they have speed on the outside. They've got backs, but the quarterback is just... I think that if you can get them off of the run, you have a chance to win this game. It sounds crazy. It's 23 and a half point dogs. But they did such a good job. I couldn't believe my eyes. Mm -hmm. uh, now, Cal is not as proficient running the ball as Oregon State is, and they're certainly not as talented in the trenches. But I was shocked. Guys were in the right spot making the tackle. Yep. The guys at the line were slowing things down, and then the linebackers were there to make the play. It was like, who is this team? Yeah. What, what, what changed? How is it this simple that they went to – I'm pretty sure they decided they were going to have two looks – on defense it was jack daniels or aquafina mm -hmm. as we saw him holding up on the sidelines and it really made it easy for those guys it's just like see ball hit ball right which i can't believe wasn't tried earlier in the season yeah. when everything's going wrong uh but if they can get them out of if they can get them into third and five plus they have a chance to win this game i can they do it back to back weeks i don't know i love the fact that this team is confident in their ability to stop the run in, in this exact moment. Oregon State has three backs, all averaging 4.5 yards per carry off of 54 attempts or more. Deshaun Fenwick, Damian Martinez, and Jamius Griffin. I'm pretty sure Damian Martinez is a freshman also, so they got another stud. They have this really cool team setup that like, I am jealous of. It's massive inside Yes, and twitchy on the outside. Mm -hmm. And it's like it makes so much sense, right? Right. Because you have these maulers on the line and then you have this like little jitterbug running back who's yeah. scooting through these holes. And it, it feels like obvious, like every team should be building themselves this way, especially not the like massive powerhouse teams. Well, and then they bring in uh, uh, Jack Coletto too, who plays linebacker and it's like Taysom Hills back there. Basically. It really, it, it's college Taysom Hill. That absolutely, I, the Buffs won last year. But all I can remember, other than Montana, Lamonis, Craig's sweet touchdown. Uh, that's another touchdown for him in overtime, I believe. Or maybe that was the one that set up overtime. Either way. Um, other than that, all I can remember is Jack Coletto, third and, third and fourth and one, just yep. automatic. It was so frustrating. It's Everyone really knows annoying. he's getting the ball, yes. and he just converts it every time. It's yeah. crazy. I mean, you get a numbers advantage, and you don't have to worry about any sort of exchange or anything. He just runs straight forward, and you might get a pulling guard in there. And there's just no way to stop it. It's really frustrating and not looking.